you are Locked On Jazz, your daily podcast on the Utah Jazz. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. It is Locked On Jazz for the 30th of September. Media Day is here. The most anticipated jazz season maybe ever is here. We're talking about it, setting the table for it, and getting ready for it on today's edition of Locked On Jazz. Pow! How are you? I'm David Locke, radio voice of the Utah Jazz, Jazz NBA Insider. This is Locked On Jazz, your daily podcast on the Utah Jazz, giving you insight, expertise, geeky numbers, making it more fun and knowledgeable to be a Jazz fan during the season. Yes! We are here. Thank you very much for all of you who stuck with us for the entire offseason, enjoyed the summer interview series, tuned into all of the various pieces we had for you, pushed our iTunes reviews over a thousand. Thank you all very much. Uh, it was a great offseason for the Jazz, for us as a show, uh, and I'm super appreciative of that. Big Locked On announcement before we get to the show. Locked On NHL has arrived today. NHL shows debuting with their opening day being Wednesday. So if you're a hockey fan, add to your podcast list. Locked On whatever your favorite NHL team is. And remember, whenever you get in your car, just tell your smart device to play podcast Locked On. We are at 1,023 reviews, 953 five-star reviews. Thank you very much. Danny P says, give me some more cowbell. He's like a Kings fan. No, uh, I crave, I'm craving my f- jazz fan fire the way people want cowbell. I love it. I love give me some more cowbell. So if you want to give us an iTunes review, we'd greatly appreciate it. Follow, subscribe to the show, Locked on Jazz, your daily podcast on the Utah Jazz. All right, let's get to it. It is the most anticipated uh, season in the history of jazz basketball. Uh, I think just the never before have the jazz added two significant pieces the way they have here in Mike Conley and Boyan, Bog- and Boyan Bogdanovich. Uh, the transformation of the franchise from what it was very good overachieving Defensive-minded to this, what might be an offensive juggernaut, leads us with lack of, not clear, the boldest, unquestionably, the boldest move ever in franchise history. That, that there's no question that the Jazz have put all the chips in the middle in a way that the franchise has never done before. And that leads to, I think, the most exciting exciting season and excited fan base uh, we've had. The two additions, Mike Conley, Bojan Bogdanovich, the two veterans and the two stars is what I think is really the story. So the two additions, Mike Conley, you're adding, and most of you know it, but let's just review it because it's that incredible. You're adding an elite level point guard, a veteran with who's won without winning huge, but has won a great deal. For Mike Conley, you're dealing with a player who, while kind of at the peak of his of the bell curve of his age, of, of expertise, and physical ability. His physical ability obviously slipped from when he was 27, 28, 29 at his peak, but last year 
was 21 points a game and 44% shooting and 51% effective field goal percentage. Elite, elite level performance uh, from him. His, his second best effective field goal percentage in any season he's ever played. He's third is the upside is the leadership, the late game play, the understanding of the floor, the, the involving teammates. Uh, as one person said to me, I thought it was a very interesting, the difference between Conley and Rubio is that Ricky Rubio went into games and on was either an aggressive offensive player or a distributor. And we saw that in the World Cup when he was just the aggressive offensive player. And he can do one or the other. But Mike Conley can switch between plays, between quarters, between moments in that same type of approach. And the questions, what does he do? What combination can he create with Rudy Gobert? Did they find some synergy early and he replicates the incredible pick and roll combination that was... Mike Conley and Marc Gasol, which had run the most pick and rolls of any two players in the NBA. Gasol different with some passing and some handoffs and being able to get it back to Conley. Can Mike Conley learn how to work off Rudy Gobert the same way he did off Marc Gasol to get his short little mid-roll handoffs and get to the basket? And if he can, how dynamic is he? And then what does Mike Conley do for the rest of the team? What does that type of point guard leadership do who can switch between plays what does donovan mitchell and and boyan and boyan bogdanovich and royce o'neal do for mike conley who has not played with dynamic wings at any point in his career since rudy gay when rudy gay scored 19 points a game in the 21 12 in the 20 11 2012 season. And then 42 games into the next season, they moved him, and he then was stuck with Tayshaun Prince and Tony Allen and those as, as his wing players for the next five, six years before last year with Avery Bradley and other players who and Courtney Lee. Non-dynamic wing players. So Mike Conley suddenly gets that. Boyan Bogdanovich, the second major addition to this team who carried the Pacers to the playoffs last year after Victor Oladipo's injuries. What does, how do you use a second score? Something we simply haven't had. Joe Ingles was our second scorer. And one thing worth remembering is as much as we have this very positive memory of the Joe Ingles, Derek Favors pick and roll and how dynamic it was. The offense was bad when Derek Favors was the only center on the floor. And Joe Ingles' numbers were bad when it was Joe Ingles and Derek Favors on the floor together without Rudy Gobert. When Joe Ingles was suddenly on the floor without Ricky Rubio, and with so he's the primary ball handler, and without Rudy Gobert, suddenly Joe Ingles' numbers weren't good. We were pushing Joe Ingles well behind, well beyond where he could naturally go. And now Joe Ingles gets to roll back in. But more importantly, Boyan Bogdanovich. What does he do? And what is he able to create for this team? With this? Is he the primary scorer of the second unit? Do you separate Donovan 
and Bojan the whole time? Do you uh, play them? Do you play uh, Boyan as your as the Clay Thompson running off screens type in that second unit to give them opportunity to give him opportunities? These are brand new toys for the mastermind offensive coach of the Utah Jazz to play with. It's incredible, but that's not it. There's a subtlety to the other two. The veterans, Jeff Green and Ed Davis, who, as Ed Davis said so nicely at the press conference, I never understood when I was a young guy that all the vets, why all the vets wanted to play with vets. I now want to play with a vet. It was a great line. Because this team, when you when I do these preseason predictions and I do all these pieces, the thing that jumps out about this team is there. there's no young player you're waiting for. There's some players that haven't been positive in Dante Exum and Emmanuel Moutier. You're hoping get better in their offensive inefficiencies, but you don't have the player you know. Rookies are bad. Rookies are just generally bad, and so we don't have that. And Jeff Green and Ed Davis are examples. Instead of rookies, you have multiple-year veterans coming in, going to give the expertise that they have, understanding their roles. Jeff Green's going to have to change his a little bit. Probably going to get a few less than he's got, 27 minutes he's got before. But this guy's a 33-year-old veteran. Ed Davis knows his role, knows how to play. You know, Ed Davis was the second best backup center in the NBA last year, probably. And the best is now starting for New Orleans. So he could be very well the best backup center in the NBA. It's a pretty amazing combination of new pieces. So what are the big stories coming into camp? As we open media day today, open camp tomorrow with a two a day, what are the biggest stories and things to watch coming into camp? Murdoch Chevy is bringing you today's show. The Mur- I'm driving the Blazer right now. It is super fun. Give a great tip of the hat to Chevy and the work that they have done to build this new car. It's got great space, great size, really comfortable to drive. Good. Uh, You can tell they've worked on the details. The interface that you're working with up front is easy, customizable, nice to use. The car drives super well, and it looks good. It's the new Blazer at Chevy. Murdoch Chevy is over in Woods Cross, also in Logan. The Murdochs and Chevy have been together for 80-plus years in Utah. Murdoch's have been in Utah for 80-plus years. And Chevy has given you, I mean, it's Americana. It is the Silverado truck, the Colorado truck, the Tahoe. All of the great SUV lineups that you know so well, the Suburban, the Equinox I drove recently and really, really liked, and I'm now driving the new Blazer. Check it all out at Murdoch Chevy. Located in Woods Cross or up in Logan. Casey's doing a great job over at Murdoch Chevy. You can say hi to him. Tell him I sent you. Make sure you do tell him I sent you. Or actually, take the next step. Do what one of our listeners did recently and emailed me and said, Hey, I'm at Murdoch Hyundai. And I went and just emailed Blake right away. And next thing you know, our guy got a car and he saved some money. Like, we like that. That's what we want for our, that's what we want for our listeners. In fact, 
What did Michael, Michael's last email to me? I went to Murdoch and Linden, got an offer sheet. I emailed you after. I mentioned Lockdown Jazz and Blake. I got an additional $693 off, no questions asked. How about that? That's what we want. So tell Murdoch, tell the guys you're with Lockdown Jazz, or tell me you're going over there, and I'll, I'll send you a little link. I'll, I'll, I'll let them know. Pretty cool. Have you seen what Homie is doing to the real estate market? Revolutionizing it. No low, smaller statement to that. So for years, the real estate market's been the same thing. Started when everything was at kind of small numbers, right? And you gave the reals to your agent 3%, and the other one took 3%, and you lost 6% of the deal. Hey, well, when houses were $100,000, it seemed justified that someone got some bunch of money for your time. Well, then houses went to 200 and 300 and 400, and now, now, now they're outrageous, right? Well, you're still giving the same 6%. And homie says, why? Why would you be doing that? Has really, has the real estate agent's workload changed to match the rise in pricing on houses? Should you really be giving up 6%? Homie says no. So homie's revolutionizing the market. We've told you about how with homie, it's $1,500 to sell your house. Text lock to 88588, a set fee. So if you've done a great job with your landscaping, if you've got, bought the house in the right area, if you've done all the right things, why should you be giving away more? You shouldn't. So text LOCK, L-O-C-K-E, to 88588. That's LOCK to 88588. Now also, homie can also buy a home for you, and they'll give you $5,000 back to help you with the closing costs and fees. That's homie. They'll refund you $5,000 back so you can buy more with your home. Text LOCK to 88588. All right, the questions. Can, I think this one's two-part. Can the Jazz defend? And can the Jazz coaching staff and organization get comfortable with a different look? I think in many ways, as the Jazz have run out an offense over the years that included both Derek Favors and Rudy Gobert, I found myself yearning, if I'm honest, for a lineup with a spread floor that let our guys do things offensively with better shooting. You yearned for it. Well, now it's here. And the tricky thing about it being here is now you have to get used to it. The Jazz have always been big and long. Rubio's long. Favors was long. Gobert is long. And you're not long anymore. Mike Conley's little. Donovan's small for his position. Whoever's starting at the four is small. So how do the Jazz get used to that? Because the defense with Rudy Gobert and Derek Favors was always big and long and powerful and awesome in the 98th percentile. We we yearned for the offense because the offense was in the 12th percentile. It was brutal, 104.4. The starting lineup was in the 19th percentile. And... It struggled. It was in the 17th percentile, and every time you made a substitution, it got less good. And so now, how do we get comfortable with a lineup? We've been so used to being big and strong and defensively minded. How do you, one, can you maintain the defense that is Rudy Gobert without Derek Favors? And and the answer should be, be yes. I mean, the numbers say that it's always been fine, but it has not gone up against starters. The defense was in the 91st percentile. The only time it really slipped was 
in one of the lineups, which was Rubio, Mitchell, Royce O'Neal, Jay Crowder, it wasn't good. Not clear why. Um, otherwise, it was generally pretty good. Jay Crowder, Kyle Korver combination, limited play, wasn't great. Didn't play a lot. Um, so the question then is, can we, with Royce O'Neal, Jeff Green, Joe Ingles, Boyan Bogdanovich, as your four, be big enough and powerful enough and take up enough space defensively like we always have? And can we get used to it? Or will we, when we have a lineup of Ingles and Boyan or Royce O'Neal and Boyan or Royce O'Neal and Joe Ingles, do we find ourselves yearning for a bigger body to be out there? I think that'll be really, really interesting. The flip side is how potent can the offense be? Rudy Gobert, without Derek Favors, the offense last year was in the 85th percentile. Well, 114.7. With Jay Crowder and Ricky Rubio on the floor, it was in the 77th percentile, which is not a particularly good shooting lineup. It got better with Royce O'Neal and Donovan Mitchell and no Ricky Rubio, and it got better even if you put Tabo Cephalosha on the floor. So what can you do offensively with this group? How potent do you become? It's the season-long question that we've been asking. Did the offense create the looks or did bad players create the looks? And what happens when you have Boyan Bogdanovich, who's five points percentage points better than his QSQ for three years in a row, with an open look? What happens when Mike Conley, 98th percentile for players on unguarded catch and shoots. What happens when he gets the look? An interesting mix of opportunities here. What happens to Donovan Mitchell when there's space on the floor? You know, we tried, we, we had that, uh, I think Donovan's Farley's fair, very, very superior. But we, we actually played this game a lot with both Dante and Alec Burks, where we start, well, if we get space on the floor. We never really did get space on the floor for them. And they never really changed. So that will be super interesting to see whether or not this actually changes who they are. What does it do to Rudy? Right? What does it do to Rudy? Rudy Gobert's numbers when not on the floor with Donovan, with, with not on the floor with Derek Favors are 69% shooting and nearly 20 points per 36 minutes. Now, again, the whole wild card, whenever we look at this and we finally are going to get data and information and see it actually happen in person is most of this was against non-starters, right? Because Favors and Gobert, (coughs) excuse me, took the time and battled against the starters. But what happens when Rudy is on the floor with space? The Jazz offense was an 111, as we just talked about earlier, was good, and Rudy was a large reason why. Rudy Gobert, when Derek Favors was off the floor, 69% shooting compared to 61. Five free throw attempts compared to two, but that's largely because... It's late in the it's uh, late in the quarters and we're in the penalty. 
And per 36 minutes, Rudy Gobert without Derek Favors on the floor. So room to roll, but not elite level shooting like we have right now. 19 points, 15 rebounds, two assists, three blocks. What is he going to do? That's kind of awesome. And then we talked about it in the first segment from an offensive standpoint. What does Mike Conley do to the team? And how do you use Boyan? The question then also, is anyone going to be different than expected? That's the beauty of how this team was built. It's the mystery to the season. And we'll hit some NBA notes as well. Today's show is brought to you by our friends over at Stealth Media. The NFL is wacky and wild and having great results and super games. And that crazy one between the, with the Buccaneers last night. And you're wishing you could see it all. You can on NFL Sunday Ticket. And you can do it for free through our friends over at Stealth Media. Eric Ellis and the crew at Stealth Media have the opportunity for you to put DirecTV and AT&T together. It does numerous things. One, you get NFL Sunday ticket for free for the year. Two, you get the best quality high HD network. Three, if you take your phone with you and you have AT&T with DirecTV, it's not, there's no data charge to that. You're able to take it with you for free. Plus, you can take your DirecTV on the go and have your TV with you wherever you want. Call Eric at Stealth Media, 385-399-4186. That's 385-399-4186. 385-399-4186. More added bonus for you. Eric will give you a $100 gift card if you tell him you're with Locked On. And Eric has got man cave TVs for you at cheaper than Best Buy. So... If it's time to make the switch off your current cell provider and go to AT&T, combine it with DirecTV, save a bunch of money, take it on the go, get the best quality HD network, and get that, oh, the 72-hour rewind on your DVR as well. It's all available for you. Save some money, get the best coverage at 385-399-4186. Stealth Media, 385-399-4186. Who has a chance to be different? It's, I was listening to Danny LaRue and Ben Taylor on a podcast this weekend while watching golf. Uh, my daughter was playing in a tournament. Uh, the, they were doing their breakout players of the year. And the interesting one to me about the breakout players of the year were that Danny had two jazz players. So he had Royce O'Neal and he had Donovan Mitchell. And Ben had Donovan Mitchell as well. All of my focus has been of whether Dante Exum or Emmanuel Moutier can turn the corner. Danny mentioned, uh, Danny mentioned the idea of Dante. They slipped through it earlier. <coughs> Royce O'Neal had a strong second half of the season, a strong playoff. He averaged five points, three rebounds, four, 3.5 rebounds, 1.5 assists. What do we expect? Well, the fact is that Royce has been in the building every single day of the offseason. He has put in the most amount of work in Utah. I'm not saying he's done the most amount of work, but in Utah, he's put in the most consistent and remarkable amount of work. The change that happened with Royce is his ability to finish at the rim. He went from a a 57% rim finisher to a 70% rim finisher. 
He got stronger. He practiced. He learned tricks. He put in the time. And that changed his game. His three-point shooting will be really what propels him this year. Because in the first half of the season, Royce was amazing from three. And then, actually, if you go back and look at it, it's like the night before the All-Star break, he's amazing, and then it doesn't come back with him. So pre-All-Star break, Royce shoots 44% from three, and post-All-Star break, Royce shoots 31% from three. Small sample sizes on both. Probably the number in the middle is probably the right one, but Royce finished pre-All-Star break, 3-for-4, 4-for-4, and 3-for-4 in the final games for the All-Star break. And then after that date, never got it going again. And so the question will be, what kind of shooter is he really? Because if he can shoot it, he might start. And then he's a different player. Then he does have the breakout year. Uh, Maybe because he's just got a larger role on a really good team. But he's a brick. He's crazy strong at 6'6", 226. He's capable of handling probably most fours physically. You can't move him. You're going to shoot over him, but fine. His rebounding is below average at 9.2% total rebounder because his offensive rebound's non-existent. He'll have to show a little bit better rebounding skills if he's going to start. But he's got the question's going to be if he can shoot that three. Second half of the season, three-point shooting is not acceptable. First half is unbelievable. The other one's obviously Donovan, and we've just talked about it at all in. Can you alter his shot composition, get rid of those floaters, turn those into other things because he's got space and he's got better teammates? You know, some of the numbers that get really ridiculous are when you look at what guys shot off of Donovan Mitchell passes last year. It's disturbingly bad. And you, it doesn't seem to be because of Donovan. It seems to be that, you know, for whatever reason, as Donovan, as Donovan Mitchell goes to the basket and drives to find someone, and he found the guys, they didn't make shots. I know. It sounds really weird. But it's true. Like, this is, this is actually the truth of the matter is that when Donovan Mitchell dimed guys, they, they didn't score. Um, and now, can Do- and did that force Donovan into bad passes? Um, you know, and did that change the way Do- Jay Crowder shot 11 percentage points below what he sh- an average shooter would have shot? Ricky Rubio shot 17 points below what an average shooter should have shot on those shots. Well, that's now Mike Conley, and that's Bojan Bogdanovic. (coughs) Excuse me. Derek Favors shot 14 percentage points below because he was wide open in the corner three. Did this force Donovan into an inordinate amount of floaters? And did this... Will this change when Donovan's suddenly throwing passes to better players? It's an interesting question. Joe Ingles, distributor. Jay Crowder was six points below league average on shots 
from Joe Ingles. Ricky Rubio was actually right on it. Joe Ing- the best shots, the best, the highest quality shots, everyone was to Rudy Gobert. But then we're on passes often to Royce O'Neal or Derek Donovan to Derek Favors. Guys left wide open. You know, the high-level passes to Favors, obviously because some of them are for dunks, but a lot of them because he's just left wide open in the corner. And can can the Jazz take advantage of those? And does that change Donovan's shot composition? And then does that Donovan's breakout? And frankly, is Donovan just better? This is the year, year two to year three, where guys get better. It's not year one to year two after they've had breakout seasons. And the final piece of this training camp to me to watch is Dante Exum's health. I know what he can do. I don't think he's going to suddenly become a knockdown shooter. I don't, I, I don't, but I do think he can play. I do think he can be helpful. And Emmanuel Moutier. And Emmanuel Moutier needs to show two things. One, the ability to be a backup point guard on a good team, which is a different position than he's played. It's different than being, it's different than taking 13 shots in 27 minutes for the Knicks last year. Right? It's different than taking 10 shots in 26 minutes for a crappy Denver team. And can he finish? Can he do what Royce O'Neal did? His career finishing at the rim is 51%. Can he get that to 65? Because if he can get that to 65, a third of his shots are at the rim. He's that big and that powerful. And if he suddenly switches a third of his shots from 50% to 65%, so he's making half a shot more a game, then suddenly a bunch of these numbers start to look a little bit more palatable. Then all of a sudden, instead of being, you know, last year he wasn't he wasn't terrible, but for his career, he's 39%. So if you suddenly take and give him half a shot make per game more, now he's 44%. Okay. Can he take the mid-range jumper and turn it into a corner three where he shot has made 38% of his shots in his career from three? And yet, his overall three-point shooting is 32%. He's well below 30% on above the break. Those are the questions. That is the season. And it starts this week. Media Day coverage at noon on utahjazz.com. Ron Boone and I will be hosting it. Thanks very much for tuning in to today's show. Remember, Indochino has got custom-made suits for you with the promo code LOCKEDON, $399 or for get thirty dollars, uh, start your style upgrade now with thirty dollars off your total purchase of three ninety nine or more at Indochino.com. Locked on at checkout. The NHL has launched as well on the Locked On Podcast Network. Have a great day. 